Hello and welcome to the I Am Guru Gray podcast. I'm your host, Guru Gray, Gray Goodfriend, uh, coming to you on a Saturday morning here, Saturday, June 20th, the year 2020. Uh, you know, it's been well over three months since there's been any NBA basketball. Uh, it's quite sad for a major NBA fan like myself. Um, I've exhausted all of my highlight watching and uh, there's no more left. So I really need live sports to make a comeback. Uh, it's really driving me insane. So this NBA bubble in Orlando is really just going to be a huge boost uh, to the entertainment of sports fans everywhere, I presume. But uh, definitely for myself, I'm, I'm really excited about it. Uh, you know, the NBA will be sending 22 teams to Orlando uh, at the end of next month in July. So in the spirit of that, uh, I made a list of my top 45 best NBA playoff players. So guys that I'd want on my team if I was going to have a roster in Orlando, if I was picking 13 guys to have on my roster, this is who I'd want on the court most for my team in the playoffs. Uh, and some quick rules before I get into my list here. Uh, the player must be on one of the 22 teams that is invited to the NBA's bubble format in Orlando. So some guys like uh, Trey Young and Carl Anthony Towns, among others, who were on some teams that were too crappy to get in, uh, didn't qualify. Um, and this is really just my personal opinion. So uh, you may not agree with everything, but, you know, that's basketball. So... Um, before we start, uh, some guys that didn't quite make my list. Uh, Dennis Schroeder was close, didn't quite make it. Uh, you know, I have him. Uh, I had him as my sixth man of the year this season uh, before the NBA season stopped. Having a great year at OKC, but uh, didn't quite crack the top 45. Uh, Eric Bledsoe, wanted to put him on there. Great player, but I'm just too scarred <laughs> from how terrible he was in the playoffs last year. Uh, he really just shot the Bucks out of that Raptor series in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, out on Eric Bledsoe in the playoffs this year, I don't trust him enough. Uh, Danilo Gallinari, uh, another Oklahoma City Thunder player. Uh, I just don't think he's a good enough defender in crunch time of playoff games to really qualify for this for me. Uh, Karis LeVert, uh, good young player. Uh, good year comeback from injury this year. But I just don't think he has the experience or is, is quite good enough to really uh, make my list. Good 3 and D guy, good option for the Nets to have. But, you know, I don't really trust him as our second option in the playoffs. Uh, Montrez Harrell, I, just, I, just, I don't think he's got it. Uh, he was close, though. Jaron Jackson Jr., I wanted to put him on here, but, you know, uh, couldn't quite do that. And then Gordon Hayward, Danny Green, Marcus Morris, some vets uh, that almost made the list, but... Just didn't quite make the cut. All right, so with that being said, uh, let's get into the list. So at 45, uh, I have Marcus Smart uh, from the Boston Celtics. Uh, you know, last year, I was really skeptical of Marcus Smart. Um, he It looked like he just really wanted to take all the crunch time shots for the Celtics despite playing with uh, guys like Kyrie and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, and it, it seemed like he was kind of, you know, a little too confident. Uh, I still see that with Marcus a little bit, um, 
but not quite the same. I think he, he kind of knows his role. Um, but I'd love to have him on my team as a, a defensive stopper. I think he's arguably the best defensive guard in the league. Um, I definitely think he's a better defender than Pat Bev. And on the other side of the ball, he can certainly shoot it better than Pat Bev. Um, only 35% from three this year, but he is uh, he's taking seven threes a game, so I love the volume there. Um, and he's you know he's ha- he's having one of the better years of his career. Uh, definitely the best perimeter defender for the Celtics, um, and really just an awesome three and D guy to have on your team in the playoffs. Um, and number forty four, I got Buddy Heald of the Sacramento Kings. Um, you know, really good season as the the second best player on the Kings this year. Uh, I think he's just an awesome shooter. He got benched for a few games by Luke Walton. Didn't really understand that, but back in the starting lineup before the season shut down, um, he's the the perfect scorer to go alongside De'Aaron Fox. And uh, he got out of his uh, slump that he was in for most of the year. So I I do really like Buddy. Um, you know, even though it's only, uh, I think it's fourth year in the league, he's already like 27, 28 years old because he did play four years in college. So I don't know how much room he has left to grow. But, uh, you know, as a, as a 40% three-point shooter and 20-point-per-game scorer, uh, it's hard to go wrong with him. I definitely have him over uh, all the guys that I've already mentioned. And then 43, I have an interesting choice here. I have Rudy Gobert. So... My logic for having Rudy this low is, uh, you know, in the playoffs, I think it's very important uh, for guys on your roster to just be able to create their own shot. I think we saw that last year with teams like the Raptors. Uh, Part of the reason they excelled so much in the playoffs was because for a lot of the playoffs, they had five guys on the court, seemingly at all times, who could create their own shot. Just a bunch of very versatile players. And, you know, in in the playoffs, you need guys who can lock up on the defensive end and also get you a bucket when you need one on the offensive end. Um, and Rudy Gobert definitely can't do that. And despite being a back-to-back defense player of the year winner and uh, a candidate to win it again this year, uh, I, I think he does get abused sometimes by uh, quicker perimeter players uh, in pick-and-roll switches, and we've seen that uh, time and time again against the Rockets and the Warriors in the playoffs in past years. And uh, there's nothing that tells me that that would stop. Um, You know, still obviously the best paint protector in the NBA probably, but uh, I think his liabilities outweigh his his strengths when he's on the court for Utah in the playoffs. So that's why I have uh, the all-star defensive player of the year, Rudy Gobert, this low. Um, 42, I have Lou Williams. So Lou is an interesting one for me. Um, one of the best shot creators in the whole league, really, and just a spark for the Clippers off the bench. You know, say what you will about him. He, he is uh, the single best scorer off the bench in the history of the league. Um, and he was very good in the first round against the Warriors last season. Uh, I think he averaged like 22, 23 points per game. Um, and his, his running the pick and roll with Montrez in that series, he, he looked great. Um and I, I really wanted to have him higher. However, I think he's just such a weak defender that it really made it harder for me to put him higher. Because at the end of the day, he's he's never going to be the first scoring option on a good team and probably not even the second scoring option on a really good team. 
Um, he does fit in very well as uh, the third scorer on this Clippers team. But I just I don't I don't see him as that first option. And at the same time, I think being that much of a liability on defense in the playoffs is just it really hurts uh, a team down the stretch. Um, we saw we saw him get exposed for his defense a little bit uh, in the regular season earlier. Uh, so that's that's why I have him this low, even though I wanted to have him higher. And then 41, I have P.J. Tucker, which is an interesting choice. Uh, you know, he only averages about eight points a game. Uh, not a big-time score. However, he will do whatever is asked of him at all times. He's a, really a do-it-all player for the Rockets. True Swiss Army knife. Uh, kind of love that phrase for guys like him. You know, he's only 6'5", 6'6", but he plays uh, any front court position for the Rockets. He's he's the key to their small ball thing that they got going on. It was working. I mean, it's not even small ball. I'd, I'd call it, uh, I guess, <laughs> micro ball. I mean, you know, frequently not having anybody over 6'7 on the court for the entirety of their games. Um, I mean, P.J. Tucker shoots the corner three better than almost anybody in the whole league. Uh, shoots it pretty well above the break too. Um, uh, truly just a difference maker whenever he's on the court. You know, last year in the playoffs, uh, in that series against the Warriors, I think he had, he had like two games where he had 15 rebounds. Um, you know, he can switch onto anybody on defense. He can guard everyone. Um, and my main thing with him is that without him, uh, I think the Rockets' entire game plan and their strategy is just completely is just down the drain uh and he is the key to the way they're playing right now so i think uh pj tucker is just a very essential player to that team and i think uh with him alongside russ and harden i think they could really make a run and he's kind of the the perfect role player to have in the playoffs so he's he is the highest like role player type of guy that i have on here um at 40, I have uh, Boyan Bogdanovich. Uh, was having a great season, uh, sh- shooting really efficiently. And he's not the greatest defender, but he, he really does. He's one of those guys who just kind of gives a lot of effort on defense. He might not be the greatest defender, but he, he it's like he'll try to guard guys. I can't say that about every NBA player is the thing because a lot of these guys I just see – such a lack of effort on the defense side of the ball. And with Boyan, uh, like he tries. And I, 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 at the end of the day, I respect that, uh, as stupid as that may sound. Um, so, you know, he's, he's not a true liability on the defensive side. And then on the offensive side, 20-plus point-per-game score, shoots the three ball, great, can create his own shot off the dribble. Um, and I think he's a, he's a perfect second scoring option for Utah. Even though I don't, I don't think their playoff chances are great this year. And then at thirty nine, I have Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, I really like Spencer Dinwiddie's game. Uh, it's a shame that uh, the Nets had a lot of injuries this year. You know, with Kyrie and everyone else, couldn't really stay healthy. But uh, Spencer Dinwiddie, he almost was an All Star this year, having a really good year, like uh, twenty one points and seven assists a game. Um, he, he's, he's a great second guard. He is the first, he's the best player on their team right now with Kyrie out. Uh, shit. I mean, who knows if Kyrie is ever going to play in the NBA again, <laughs> uh, I'm going to start his own league, but Spencer Dinwiddie 
is definitely the best player in the Nets uh, for this tournament. And, you know, good shot creator. And uh, I think he's been guarding uh, the other team's best player uh, for most of the season this year. So uh, shout out to my guy, L.A. native Spencer Dinwiddie, coming in at 39. At 38, I have Freddie Van Vliet, uh, who had an unbelievable finals last year and was a key piece for the Raptors winning a title and made a big jump this year. Um, you know, he's playing more minutes than last year. Uh, he's, he's made a big, big leap as a scorer. He's taking more shots. He's more involved. And, you know, he's uh, an amazing perimeter defender. It's, it's pretty remarkable that uh, the Raptors are able to trot out uh, two very small guards, such as uh, Freddie and Kyle Lowry. You don't see many other teams that have that much of a lack of size uh, and excel that way. But, you know, the way he chases around these other guards for an entire night, he doesn't really get super tired doing it. It's, it's pretty remarkable. And at the same time, he puts up uh, puts up a lot of threes every night. And he, he hits a high clip, I think 39 40%. Um, really a great shooter and defender. And then he's also a good ball handler and passer. He's uh, kind of the complete package for... He's like the ideal second guard on any playoff team, in my opinion. And then uh, at 37, I have uh, Nikola Vucevic from the Orlando Magic. You know, uh, the guy's an all-star. Uh, you know, he's he's one of the most consistent 2010 guys in the league at the end of the day. Um, and even though uh, I, I don't I don't see the Magic doing anything in the playoffs, I think. Uh, Vucevic being a seven-footer who will give you, uh, you know, 20 points, 10 boards, uh, pretty good passer, and then he, he can also really space out the floor. Um, he's really added a three-point shot to his game the last couple of years. Uh, I think he's uh, he doesn't really have the athleticism that, that I'd like in, in the center now in the modern NBA, but I really think that uh, his shooting to go along with his rebounding is, is – uh, you know he's got tools that a lot of centers don't have, um, and he can he can hold his own on defense as well. So I really think that uh, he belongs on the court in crunch time of a playoff game, unlike uh, a Clint Capella or Andre Drummond type center, who uh, you know they have they have their weaknesses. And um, you know another big guy uh, who doesn't really have many weaknesses in his game, Demontis Sabonis, uh, made a huge leap this year. Uh, with the with the Indiana Pacers, um, he was uh, he was up there leading the league in rebounds. I think he was top three in rebounds for a uh, bunch of the season. I think he might have still finished there. Uh, he was scoring almost twenty a night, really efficiently too. Um, you know, he he plays alongside Miles Turner now. And uh, last year he came off the bench for Indy, uh, almost won Sixth Man of the Year. This year. Became an all-star in the running for most improved, probably. Uh, great passer, too. Uh, and he, he's got a great mid-range shot. He doesn't take a ton of threes, but uh, if you leave him open, he can hit. Uh, I really like Sabonis, and I think he slept on. Um, having a great year, and he's uh, arguably the best play. I, I, I'd say he's even the, uh, I don't know, in the regular season, Definitely the best player on that indie team. I don't know if I'd say he's the best player when it comes to the playoffs because uh, the style of basketball really just does shift a lot. Um, 
But the guy who I do have as their best player come come playoffs is Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, last year in Milwaukee was a great piece for them. Had a 50-40-90 season last year. Uh, so truly just a spectacular shooter. And uh, he's also a, a far above average perimeter defender, in my opinion. Uh, great passer, I think. Uh, you know, he's still a young player, but uh, he just has a veteran mentality and he's such a smart player and such a smart guy. Uh, he's a good leader for Indy, and uh, you know, aside from the cliche uh, basketball IQ stuff, he really just is a great player. Uh, he can do it all. He doesn't. He's not elite at any one thing, uh, but definitely an above-average playmaker and shooter and scorer and defender. So certainly a guard that I'd like to have on my team in the playoffs. Um, but another guard that I think is better coming in at my. Uh, 34th spot, I have Shea Gilgis-Alexander, another guy who was in the running for most improved this year, Uh, made a big leap in OKC. Uh, I really liked the season that he was having. Um, You know, 20-point-per-game score, OKC frequently going with that three-guard lineup with uh, Shea alongside Chris Paul and Dennis Schroeder. Um, They usually have uh, all three of those guys out during crunch time. So uh, I think he's a he's a great crunch time scorer. He's, he was their first scoring option for a lot of the year, uh, and at six six, he's a very switchable defender. Um, the one thing with him is that uh, for a guard he, in the NBA today, he's not a great three point shooter. Um, doesn't take as many. Doesn't hit at the clip that uh, that I'd like many guards to to shoot uh, shoot with. But you know, thirty five percent three point shooter. I can't hate on that at the end of the day. Uh, twenty point per game score. I I think I think Shea made a huge leap this year. And, you know, the argument for him over uh, Fred Van Vliet or Malcolm Brogdon is really just uh, the shot creation. Um, I I think he he might even be the worst defender of the three of them. Um, he can't really shoot from the outside like either of them as consistently. Uh, but I just think the dependability on him to create his own shot in a one on one situation at the end of a game. Uh, definitely widely exceeds that ability from Malcolm Brogdon or Freddie. So that's why I have him here. And then uh, next at 33, I have Tobias Harris of the Philadelphia 76ers. You know, uh, <laughs> definitely very overpaid. Got a huge contract from Philly last summer. I definitely don't think he's worth it. Uh, I think it was five years for like $180 million uh, for a guy that couldn't even make the all-star team in the East this year. Uh, you know, say what you will. He's uh, he's still about a forty percent three point shooter last year. I think he's he's close to that this year. Um, but I wasn't very impressed with him in in the playoffs for Philly last year, and I think uh that team just has is so flawed to me. Uh, it's not really his fault, but you know, not not a great perimeter defender. Uh, playing at the three for them, um, just the whole Horford fit is just so bad for them. Um, so I, I, I can't really blame that on Toby, but, uh, you know, as a shooter and a scorer, he's definitely, uh, he's definitely a solid playoff guy. So I have him up here. And then next, I think, uh, you know, this, this, these next guys are kind of far and away a little bit better than the guys that I just listed. So, uh, you know, kind of a step up in a different tier. So De'Aaron Fox, I have at 32, uh, you know, one of the most athletic guards in the entire league. Um, you know, uh, 
nice lefty jumper. He's he's improved uh, his jump shooting from the last couple of years. Uh, still a very young player, so a lot of room to grow. But uh, I think he's he's 22, and he's already uh, you know becoming a top guard in the league. And uh, as a 20 point per game scorer already, I feel like I'm saying that about a lot of these guys. But uh, De'Aaron Fox, he can fill it up, and I think. Uh, dare I say he's a top five playmaker in the league. I think his passing vision is outstanding. Maybe not top five, but he's an electrifying playmaker. Um, and uh, probably slightly above average defender. Um, he's he's just, I want him running my offense when it comes down to it. Uh, he's definitely a guy I'd want running an offense for my team. So that's why I have him there. 31, Drew Holiday. Uh, didn't have the greatest regular season. However, uh, he is a proven playoff performer. Um, you think to, uh, I think it was 2018, uh, a couple years ago, when uh, he had that amazing first round series against the Pelicans. Uh, no, he he's on the Pelicans, my bad. Uh, against the Blazers. Uh, when he locked up Dame Lillard and uh, he was scoring like 24 a night. Uh, I really like Drew. Uh, and I think he's, you know, He's, he's a really good veteran guard in this league, and I think that New Orleans team is stacked. Uh, you're going to be hearing a couple of the names from them coming up soon. Um, but, uh, you know, Drew, he's not the greatest three-point shooter. If he was, if he was a better shooter, I'd have him higher for sure. Um, but uh, as, a, as a mediocre outside shooter, he's still an elite defender and a very good playmaker and passer and a good veteran. Um, so that's got to count for something here, uh, without a doubt. And yeah, so at, uh, 30, I have DeMar DeRozan. Uh, you know, the thing you hear a lot when it comes to DeMar is, uh, you know, guy came around (laughs) about 20 years too late. Uh, doesn't really shoot the three very well. Uh, not the greatest defender, but, uh, one of the smoothest mid range games out of anybody in the league. I know that doesn't really count for much anymore. Um, but at six, seven, uh, DeMar is still a do it all player. And without, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, the Spurs are going to be depending on him a lot. Uh, if they want any chance of making the 16 team playoff tournament. Um, so if, if they're, if they're going to do any damage, he's gonna have to be the key for them. I don't, I don't see it happening. Uh, however, even though he's aging, I think DeMar is still a guy who can really get you 30 points in a playoff game. And I don't know how many different players in the league I can say that about, but he's he's still a great ISO scorer and can also uh, suffice as a good teammate as well and a good passer, uh, even if he's not going to fill it up from long range. Um, at 29, I have Jamal Murray, uh, a guy who actually can hit a lot of threes, uh, unlike DeMar. Um, you know, probably slightly below average defender. But we saw it uh, in the playoffs last year, Uh, you know, the series against Portland and in the first round against San Antonio. uh, Jamal had a few games where he it felt like he was really carrying the scoring load for Denver. Um, And, you know, sometimes he he has these moments in games where uh, he just kind of comes out of nowhere and have like a big poster dunk and it'll it'll fire up the nuggets. And it's weird. He's like he's only like six, three, six, four. He's not super athletic. Uh, but he's one of those guys that just has these flashes sometimes. 
Um, and he's, he's really just a very dependable scorer, and he's proven that he can do it in the playoffs uh, despite being a young player. Um, and I really think he's, the, he's just the perfect second option for them. Um, however, I still have him lower than John Morant, who I have at 28. So to summarize, I, uh, I do actually have John Morant over the likes of Jamal Murray, Drew Holiday, De'Aaron Fox, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Um, because I just think that there's nobody, there's no guard in the entire league that really rivals uh, John Morant's athleticism. Uh, it, he really reminds me of a young, a young Derrick Rose, young John Wall, uh, except he's a better shooter than both of them. Uh, you know, he, he, he falls asleep on defense sometimes, uh, but I feel like that happens with a lot of young guards. So not really any surprises there. But uh, I, I, don't, I don't remember the last time I saw a rookie uh, electrify the league and, and just, you know, make stuff happen the way Jaw does. Uh, he really reminds me of a rookie, Derrick Rose, uh, who did find some success in the playoffs. So uh, I'll be looking for a similar trajectory for Jaw here. Um, you know, I think uh, Memphis basically has that eight seed locked up out west. I think... Uh, I don't. I don't see them uh, having any chance of beating the Lakers. However, I think uh, Ja could have a few games where he makes a major splash. Until then, um, uh, so just you know, one of the most exciting young players in the league to watch. Um, definitely keep an eye on him. In Orlando, at 27, I have Brandon Ingram, another Pelicans player. Um, major improvement from him this year. Uh, in the running for most improved player. Another guy uh, that I'm saying that about, uh, you know, shooting the three way better than he did last year, run 40%. Um, good defender, you know, he's like 6'9", 6'10", with some really long arms, super lanky, athletic dude. So he can really switch onto a bunch of different guys and, uh, you know, scoring really efficiently. And he can, feels like he can kind of get buckets at will sometimes. Um, so I think he's a great great guy for the Pelicans to have and their balanced attack. Um, 26, uh, an interesting pick for me. I got Kristaps Porzingis. You know, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna have him this high. And then, uh, I thought about how hot he was to finish the season. Uh, you know, the month of March and February, he was, he was really filling it up, started slow, uh, on his comeback from his torn ACL from a couple years ago, but definitely started to shoot it a lot better uh, towards the end of the year. Um, great defender, you know, at 7'3", awesome rim protector. Uh, and he's athletic enough to really stay with uh, some quicker guys, unlike most guys at that height in the history of the league. Um, and uh, he forms a perfect duo with Luka. But, um, you know... The last 14 games of the season, so February and March, basically just after the All-Star break, uh, after the month of January concluded, uh, he stayed fully healthy, and he was just putting up some unreal numbers. 24 points and 11 rebounds a game since the start of February in his last 15 games. And, uh, you know, 120 offensive rating over that point, so 120 points for 100 possessions when he's on the court. Uh Shot at 40% from three in the month of February. And the thing is, he, although he started slow, uh, when you have a guy who's 7'3", 
and is a plus on defense, a major plus on defense like KP, and uh, has stretches where he shoots 40% from three and can give you 25 a night, there's no way I, uh, I couldn't have him any lower than this. So uh, he comes in at 26 here ahead of Brandon Ingram and Jamal Murray, John Morant. Um, despite not being an all-star, definitely an all-star caliber player. 25, I have CJ McCollum. You know, didn't have the greatest regular season this year. Um, I feel like outside of Dame, nobody on Portland really wowed me this season. Um, I thought they were going to be a lot better than they were. Kind of a disappointing uh, regular season for them so far, but... You know, CJ's still a very consistent 20-point score. Uh, you know, it's like his five, fifth or sixth season uh, consecutively doing that since he broke out into the league. Uh, and despite being like an undersized guard, you know, he's only only about 6'3". Um, he's another guy with some some pretty long arms, so it makes up for his, his height disadvantage. Um, and he'll, he's another guy who will also have... Uh, some kind of surprisingly like athletic moments, even though he's not a super bouncy or quick player. Um, but as a like a 21, 22 point per game scorer who really flashed in the playoffs last year, um, had some games when Dame was having an off shooting night last year where uh, he really carried Portland's offense at times. Um, I know specifically like definitely in that game seven against Denver. Uh, that Portland won to send them to the Western Conference Finals last year. I remember CJ coming up huge in crunch time. Um, and he's just a guy who's proven that he can do it in the playoffs and uh, shoot at a really high clip from three and, and make some big plays down the stretch of games. Um, so even though I, I don't know that I'd say he's a top 25 player in the league right now, probably a fringe top 25 guy, uh, Definitely one of the 25 guys I'd want on my team most in the playoffs. Um, and then 24, kind of the last guy that I have in this little group of players. Uh, I have Zion at 24. Um, you might have been wondering when he'd come in. Uh, you know, it, he, he, it goes without saying, obviously, how athletic and dominant he is uh, on the inside on offense. Um, I mean... Just such an unprecedented start for a rookie. Uh, he, and he gets to the line so much and scores so efficiently, which is really valuable in the playoffs. And I think, uh, you know, he hasn't he hasn't quite figured it out on defense yet, but once he does, I, it's just this guy is really the limit for Zion. Um, but I think if he can figure it out on defense during the playoffs for New Orleans, uh, he could really have some moments where he looks like he's – the best player on the court, even against some other elite teams. Um, you know, he'll have his, his fair share of like 27 and 10 games. Uh, you know, I, I'm really hoping uh, New Orleans gets in to the 16-team playoff format um, <laughs> with the, uh, the play-in uh, series for the 8 and 9 seed. If, uh, if they're within four games, it kind of feels like the NBA did that just to get Zion and New Orleans uh, – into the playoffs instead of uh, Memphis. Um, you know, I I really love it. I mean, the guy is just must-watch television. Um, he's just so athletically dominant and on the offensive glass and his offensive game. It's just, it's unbelievable to watch, especially at age 19. Like, I, 
to, to already be this valuable, I, I'm sorry, I, I'm going too long here, but like he's just he's an unbelievable player, and I can't wait to watch him uh, in Orlando. And all right, number 23, I have Bam out of Bio, uh, a player who I love, who had an awesome regular season. Um, you know, might see him as a second team All NBA guy, even. And I really think that Bam. Uh, is the driving force for the Heat. You know, I think uh, as a regular season guy, I think he's a better player than Jimmy Butler. But in the playoffs, you'll see uh, I have Jimmy ranked higher than Bam here. But as a guy who can, he can score. Um, he's definitely got a mid-range game. Good ball handler and great playmaker for a big guy. Um, there's not that many bigs in the league that can that can handle and create for his teammates the way uh, Bam can, on top of being an elite defensive player. You know, top five, uh, top ten defensive player in the league for sure, in my opinion. Um, definitely an all defensive guy. Uh, you know, he can he can lock up guys like Joel Embiid while also being able to switch onto quick guards. Uh, he's like six nine, six ten, great athlete, very switchable, very versatile. Um, really a do-it-all guy. Uh, somebody that is just you know, I I don't I don't. He's like kind of a modern day Lamar Odom. Uh, not quite the same like rangy athlete that Lamar was. Um, but just the the a guy who's that size, he better defender than he was, but just the guy who's that size that can handle and create for his teammates and also score. Um, while also being an elite defender, I love Bam Adebayo. Uh, number twenty-two. I have Jalen Brown. Um, Jalen Brown's kind of like the ideal 3 and D player, I feel, this year. Uh, you know, usually that, that title, I guess, goes to Clay Thompson. Uh, but Clay, you know, hurt for the duration of this season. So Jalen just feels like that to me. Um, however, that's, that's kind of like shorting him because he really is an all-star caliber player. Um, I, I I was kind of surprised to see him left off of the uh, the Eastern All Star roster this year, or the uh, rather the the twelve guys that made the All Star roster from the East. Um, but Jalen is a guy that can definitely create his own shot. Um, can't leave him open from three ever. Knockdown, uh, a clutch player and a great perimeter defender that can really guard one through four. Um, at six seven. Uh, Scored like 21 points per game this year. Uh, him and Jason Tatum are just an awesome tandem. And I can't wait to watch Jalen in the playoffs. It seems like he just grows so much every year. So can't wait to see what he has in store with Boston. And then uh, the last guy that I'll mention here is part of part one. Uh, I have Devin Booker from the Phoenix Suns. You know, I don't think the Suns will actually get to be in the actual playoffs. Uh, however, they will be in Orlando and, uh, Devin Booker, just a guy who can score like very few other guards in the league right now. Um, he can give you 25, 30, 35, even 40 on, on any given night. Um, he'll do it efficiently. He, the only knock on Devin for me, why he's not higher in like an elite, uh, category is that he can't really defend. He's just he's never really figured it out, um, and I feel like that's why Phoenix hasn't been better the last couple seasons. 
I feel like it just it, you know that's that's the thing that always starts with your best player and when your when your best guy isn't really giving his all on defense it doesn't feel like anybody else on the team is going to do that. Um, but I feel like uh, you know with guys like Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, there's been a little bit of a culture change in Phoenix this year, um, having their most successful season of Devin's career, uh, bringing in some guys who can defend and and uh, create create for him around him has really helped. Um, but yeah, so Devin Booker rounds out the first 25 of my top 45 playoff players for the 2020 uh, bubble format in Orlando. So I really hope you enjoyed this listen uh, and be sure to turn in, tune in for part two uh, when I will go over my top 20. Uh, and I hope everybody stays safe and take care. Thank you for listening.